Welcome to the show where it's always dad pod season. Your two dadical dudes will take you on a journey about fatherhood. If you've ever struggled with an aspect of parenthood and wanted to know how other dads would handle it, or if you're a mother and want to know just what the hell is going on in our brains, or if you have a burning question and no one to turn to, remember that here you can always ask your dad. Welcome to the Ask Your Dad podcast with Nick and Nick. I'm Nick. And I'm Nick. We just want to thank everybody for tuning in today. This is our inaugural podcast. Said that without flubbing it up. (laughs) Today, we're just going to talk about ourselves a little bit and why we want to do the show. Um, We'll talk about the general format of the show so you know what to expect in the future. Uh, Nick, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I had come to you a couple weeks ago talking about maybe wanting to start a podcast just for myself. And then you had told me like a couple days later, you know, I didn't, didn't bring it up, but (laughs) I've had this idea for a show. Uh, and then you, you talked to me about it and I thought it was such a wonderful idea and, you know, just talking about being dads and dad related topics. Um, when uh when my wife got pregnant with our first kid, uh, I, I was begging her, I was like, please don't become like a mom fluencer on Instagram and get wrapped <laughs> up in pyramid schemes and do all this stuff. And I feel like this is probably the dad version of that. So I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because now, now I'm a, I don't want to call myself a dad fluencer with my no listeners yet, but you know I'm kind of on that that trend. I was like, well, now we're starting a podcast about our whole thing is about being a dad. It's become my identity a little <laughs> bit. Uh, so it seems a little bit hypocritical, um, but. Yeah, you came to me with the idea of the show, and I thought it was wonderful. And I remember growing up, you know, we were, I don't want to say raised by TV, because my dad was very involved, but, you know, we watched a lot of TV. It was very influenced by pop culture in the uh, 90s and early 2000s. And I remember watching the shift between, like, lovable, helpful dads on TV turning into, like, like helpless oafs that are never right. And it never sat right with me, and I remember even... One of my first papers I wrote in college for like ENC 1101, like the the composing class where they just have you type papers. One of the subjects I picked was about dads on TV and how they were misrepresented and how awful I felt about that because it just seemed like for a stretch, like just the representation of fatherhood on pop culture was just dummies that are just like helpless in there and in the way. Um, so when you talk to me about this show, one of the things I really felt was important is I wanted to give like an accurate realistic representation of you know a father you know in the thick of it i have two boys i have a three and a half year old and a almost 10 month old be 10 month old on tuesday um so like i'm in the thick of it as a still a new new father you know just still getting the hang of all the changes and everything now with two kids and felt like it's really important to represent that of what a father you know goes through and 
how they handle situations. So I was really excited to do that. How did it come up for you? Um, I originally had this idea, I want to say three or four years ago. Um, I was raised by a single dad. Shout out to dad. Love you, dad. Um, so basically my original like thought for this was there's a lot of people with that don't have dads and maybe they have questions that they're afraid to ask, you know, their mothers maybe, or they just don't know how to ask who their father figure. Like maybe they don't feel comfortable asking him questions. So I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I could answer those questions for people just from my perspective? Um, I've been a dad a little bit longer than you now. <laughs> um, I have my stepdaughter who's just turned 12, um, but she's been in my life. She's the one who made me a dad for 10 years. Um, and then me and her mom had a couple of kids together too. So I have an eight-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son. And I was like, you know, what if something happens to me and I don't come home? Because back then I was trying to be a police officer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe I get hired somewhere. And, you know, instead of making it two days to retirement, I only make it two days into the job. No, no. <laughs> and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, they could hear my voice answering questions maybe they would have if I was gone someday. And, you know, that's kind of macabre, but that's kind of where I came up with the thought process. I was like, I could help my kids and I could help, you know, strangers. Um, which I never became a police officer. So like that never <laughs> panned out really. Um, and now I'm going to school to be a social work. So now all I want to do is just help everybody and their kids and strangers, anybody who needs help. I just want to help them. So this is a, an outlet I have where we can, maybe we can make a little small difference in people's lives. Yeah. And, I spend a lot of time being kind of like a surrogate father to kids as well because I work as a high school teacher and um, it's just the reality of our time right now and probably times well before my time that students are coming in from different homes and different backgrounds and different family makeups and a lot of them need a father figure that's consistent and steady and a lot of them don't have that at home. And then a lot of them do have father figures at home that maybe are abusive or less than ideal. And, you know, they're always looking for that representation, always looking for someone to look out for them and be consistent and stable. And, you know, as a high school teacher, I show up every day and that's what I do for them. You know, whatever the lesson is in the background is, is like, hey, Troyer's there. He's always there. So, you know, I feel that a lot where just that drive to help other people or answer questions or be just be a support for someone really comes through and that's another thing i really am excited about for this show well i feel like everyone can relate to that too because you know we all have role models growing up and some of our first role models are our teachers mm -hmm. we went to high school together yes miss kresge making anime music videos <laughs> while, while we're sitting there doing assignments and stuff or playing mario kart or playing mario kart you know uh relating the odyssey to dragon ball z you know, stuff like that. Yep. You know, I thought that was pretty awesome yeah. to have a high school teacher that was into the same stuff we were into at the time. 
So let's let's talk about our general format for future episodes a little bit. Yeah. What was your what was your initial idea for this show, and has anything changed, or what do you what do you think we should bring? So, like I said, the initial idea was this might throw you back. I don't think I've mentioned this yet. <laughs> Remember, Ask a Ninja. Mm-hmm. So it was a guy dressed in a ninja outfit, and people would ask him questions about a ninja, and he would answer them as like silly and ninja concise as possible and he was hyperbolic in the way that he defined ninja he <laughs> super exaggerated it for emphasis um but he would spitfire questions mm-hmm. and cover them as much as he could in an episode um i don't want a spitfire episode <laughs> like questions if you have a, a concern or question i want to take the time to answer it from our perspective um we're both like elder millennial dads, so that's the perspective we would probably be answering mm-hmm. it from. So the format has probably changed a little bit in my mind because I want to make sure that we give every question the time that it deserves, you know, and I don't want to leave anything out. Mm. And I would love to have questions come in from like other people, um, not just questions that you and I come up with. Yeah. Um, I think. At the beginning, we're going to have to come up with yes. questions because no, <laughs> no one's probably out there yet. So at the beginning, I think we'll cover some questions that come up when we talk about being dads to mm-hmm. each other. And we can just jot down the ideas yeah. that we might have. And then later on, if we start getting questions from audience, then we can take those questions in and give them our, our time. Absolutely. And we were talking last time we hung out just as we were hanging out as dads just talking about this show honestly uh, we were doing some equipment checks and making sure this is something that we were capable of actually completing (laughs) um but you'd come over to my house and i you know i have younger children and you brought your son with you uh i don't know if you intended to have him along with you but you had other engagements and you brought him over and uh he played with my son and they were awesome and they're running around the house and doing all the stuff and sharing toys and it was great um but you had said something to me after that where you're like i normally don't restrict my language very much yeah. but you were you mentioned that you were found yourself counting every time that you had swore just i don't even think it was in the vicinity of my children but just kind of there so we had talked about maybe that being the first topic that we t- wanted to talk about uh so let's get into it what's your what's your take on language around children and uh, do you have kind of a set policy or do you feel like it's easier just to speak freely and then remind them of when and where it's appropriate how do you how do you take that as a dad so my dad my whole family comes from like a military background and this isn't true for everyone in the military but for a lot of them it is and cussing is just you know it's another part of your daily life in the military so my dad got out of the navy before i was born but he cussed like a sailor and he still does (laughs) now my whole life I never used to cuss a whole lot, but then I joined the military, experienced the culture shock a little bit, not with the cussing, but just sure civilian to military life. And then cussing is just a part of my daily life. So um, I try to restic- restrict my language when I'm out around people I don't know. When I'm at home, I cuss a lot. My wife cusses too. Not as much as me, probably, but we don't restrict our language, really. 
Um, our kids, you know, as they've grown up, we got lucky. They never tried to make it a part of their vocabulary. So, like, we never said it so much that they just thought it was okay to say. And when they were younger and learning to speak, you know, we would teach them not to say those words if it ever happened. But my youngest son is six. I don't think I've ever heard him say a cuss word. My middle daughter is eight. She's a strong reader. And we were at the barber shop the other day. And are you familiar with the easy button? Yeah. Well, my barber has a button that's a BS button. And she read it, not out loud, but she was like, Daddy, what does that button say? And I didn't read the button initially. I just saw that it was a red button. And I was like, oh, is that an easy button? And I looked over at the barber. He was cutting my son's hair. And he looks over at me and he's like, I just shook my head no. (laughs) For everyone who can't see. It's an audio format. We're getting used to that. (laughs) Anyway, so I read it and I was like, oh, that's a BS button. And I was like, you can read it out loud if you want to. And she's like, no, I'm not saying that bad word. So I feel like the children, if you're a cusser, they're going to learn not to say it if you teach them not to say those words. You know, I try not to cuss when I'm talking to them because that just seems weird to like cuss at your children. (laughs) It sounds really bad when you say it out loud like that too. Um, But I do cuss around them. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. I think that, you know... If I'm around other people and their children, I try really hard not to say cuss words at all because I don't want to step on anyone's toes. And I don't want to be the reason that their their child, after I leave, is like, hey, S word. <laughs> or I stubbed my toe. You know, bad word. <laughs> Exclamation. How about you? Uh, where do you guys stand with your kids on cussing? Your kids are younger and... I know your son can talk, but he's probably still learning a lot, too. He is, but he's hyper-vocal. Or maybe maybe it's just better to say he has a really strong vocabulary uh, for three and a half. He'll string sentences along that, you know, I, I teach high school, and some of my struggling students would be like, what word does that mean? Um, so I'm super impressed by that. But at the same time, he picks things up so easily. And uh, I was telling you this story earlier when we were out to lunch. Um you know, he's three and a half. I'm throwing like little nursery rhymes and stuff at him. And just, just the other day, one time in the morning, I hit him with the fuzzy wuzzy was a bear whole spiel, all three lines said it the one time he thought it was kind of funny. Didn't super react to it or didn't super try to repeat it or anything like that. He just thought it was a silly thing to say. And he went about his day playing. And then yesterday he had a friend over and they both storm out of his room giggling. And he goes, dad, fuzzy wuzzy was a bear. And he says the whole spiel and he's cackling and it's hilarious. And so I know he has that capacity to pick up anything that I say. And my wife and I, um, you know, much like you, we, we swear once in a while we're adults. Like that's just kind of the nature of our vocabulary sometimes, especially if you're in a bad mood. Um, my wife, I think, swears a little bit more than I do to the point where when our oldest son started getting to that verbal age, she was like, okay, I think I need to cut it out a little bit. But we have one specific instance where he picked it up and it wasn't from us. It was from TikTok. Oh. And so um, for for a little bit, one of our routines at night was um, he wanted to watch animal videos. He just loves animals. Uh, so we would curl up in bed and, you know, 
I'm thinking to myself, okay, what's the simplest, easiest way to get short videos? And obviously the answer for that is probably TikTok. And if you've never used TikTok, if I have any of my older listeners who've never used TikTok, uh, it's algorithm-based and it's just a constant stream of videos. When you swipe one video away, it's replaced immediately by another video. There's no other interface like other social media, just constant stream of videos. And when you're not on a search function, it's going to just give you what it thinks you want in a constant stream. And when you go to the search function, it's going to give you the best of what you think you want or the closest it can assume to what you type in in a constant stream. Um, there's like some selection functionality when you're searching, but other than that, it's just constant stream. So he was really into turtles. And there's a, a account on there called the Tortoise Whisperer, which we really like. So shout out to him. Uh, he takes care of tortoises and he has one named Ike and he feeds it all the time and it makes funny noises. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but he kind of got bored of those videos because they're all essentially the same. He just shows you what the day-to-day life is of those tortoises. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's just type in turtles and scroll. You know, we're going to get cute animals. What are you going to do? So we're scrolling through, and, like, the third video in, there's a turtle that's stuck in a pool that, like, just happened on somebody's pool, and they filmed it and put it on TikTok. And, like, the first three words, like, as soon as the video starts, is like, whoa, that's an effing turtle. And I was like, swipe. Uh, So I got that out of there. And we're really smart about not reacting. Because when you normalize things like you guys are doing at home, like you don't you don't overwhelm them with swear words because that would be insane. Um, but <laughs> you do swear around them and it's in a normalized way. You don't like draw huge attention to it. And like, you know, one of the few things that I have picked up pretty quickly about parenting in these last three and a half years is whatever you make the biggest reaction to is going to get stuck in their head. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to no sell this. I'm not going to react it at all. Um, but he, it was too late. He had heard it. And he's like, yeah, that's an effing turtle in his sweet little two-year-old voice. I was like, oh, no. Um, But we didn't want to react to it because then he would say it all the time because he thought he would be funny. So we we stifled our laughter as hard as we could. um, And we changed the subject and put it on something else. And thankfully, he just kind of forgot about it. But it was our first lesson in in they will repeat what we say. uh, And it's cute when it's stuff we like. And it's a little jarring when it's not stuff we like. (laughs) But we don't have like official cursing, no cursing policy at home. Uh, we just try to be more careful with our words and try to be cognizant that whatever we say, he's going to pick up and he's getting a lot better and a lot faster at it. Um, and even things, uh, and every parent will tell you this, you know, even when you don't think they're listening, they can hear you and they will repeat it. And that's absolutely true. So we just try to be careful uh, about choosing our language, but it like you guys, it's not like an explicit policy. Like we don't curse around children. And you would think that being teachers, my wife's a teacher as well, we teach at the same school, you would think that that would cause us to stifle our language a little bit, but we work with high schoolers, so we're actually more inundated with it than anyone else, because the high schoolers are just a constant stream of swear words. They, You know, you talk about the culture shock of going yeah. into the military <laughs> and hearing the swearing, and not, not necessarily being the culture shock aspect of it, but just being like, oh, okay, this is how they talk here, this feel like the exact same way when I walked into the classroom I'm like oh okay this is just how high school is now I guess because it definitely wasn't like that when I was around it doesn't seem like it at least so we kind of covered how we talk as parents and and cussing around our children but we weren't always the parents at one point we were the child do you remember a time maybe the first time that you cussed around your parents and what their reaction was and how you felt about it hmm I would want to say it was eighth grade, uh, so right in right in the throes of middle school. My family and I lived in a house 
with an unusual layout. I don't remember ever having a house like this ever again, but it had like a living room space on one end and then kind of like a hallway kitchen area that led to uh, the bedrooms or like the offshoot bedrooms. And in between that space outside was like a lanai with a pool. And the lanai with a pool, pretty much every, every room that bordered it had a window out to it. And, you know, we would have windows open, closed, whatever. And so I had some friends over and, you know, teenage boys, talk shop or whatever. <laughs> it was ironic. I was going to use a phrase that had a swear word, but we're, I feel like we're consciously not swearing for this episode on purpose. At least on this episode, we are for <laughs> sure not swearing. But um, <laughs> we're, we're shooting the biz in the room, as kids do, uh, as teenagers do. And we're just hanging out. And, you know, I couldn't tell you what we were talking about, but I'm sure we were being very vulgar. And we're just talking and hanging out. And uh, I didn't realize the entire time my window was open because the blinds were down. And so the next day, um, I think it was my dad that heard us outside. And the next day, he didn't like sit me down and have a talk or anything like that. But he just in casually like let me know that that he had heard me. And uh, that was kind of the first instance of like, I was a very goody two shoes kid. Like I did not cross my parents. I did not act out as best as I could. It's because I just was always conscious, like, I do not want to be in trouble. Being in trouble is not fun. I don't want to not have fun. I want to have more fun. And so I was always trying to toe the line for whatever my parents wanted. And one of those things I thought was just, like, not cussing in front of them. It just seemed like this, like, big taboo, like, you can't do, you can't say that to your parents. So when he had, you know, heard whatever we were talking about in the room, whatever eighth grade boys talk about, um, like my face turned red and I was like, Oh no. Cause I thought I was going to be in trouble. So that was my, that was my first experience when my parents heard me swear. And I was a uh, eighth grade. How much more after that would you say that you might've cussed in front of your parents or was that, were you more conscious of it after that? Or did you open up a little more and cuss a little more? I was way more conscious about it. I was, I was very, I don't want to say non-communicative, but I was very introverted. I didn't like talking about stuff in general. It was, my mom used to complain about that all the time, that my brother would talk to her about anything, and I barely said how my day was at school. But that's just, I was a quiet kid at, by nature, which now I have a career and a side hustle where I talk for a living, so I don't know how that <laughs> works out. I was never really like the big cusser or big swearer saying controversial things or like anything. It was like pulling teeth to get my, my mom to get anything out of me or my parents to get anything out of me about stuff that was like just not one of my interests already like they wanted to talk to me about power rangers i would have talked their ear off but (laughs) you know do you have any homework i don't know so i'm sure it was frustrating for them and i can't wait to enjoy it on my end right (laughs) (laughs) so for me i think i was a little older the first time i consciously maybe a couple years i know i was in high school the first time i said a cuss word in front of my dad and um I can't remember the context of it, but I can remember how I felt. I can remember the look on his face when it happened. And it's really interesting because earlier you talked about how, you know, not reacting and not normalizing something that you don't want to keep happening. (laughs) Uh, I feel like that's what happened with my dad the first time I said, drop the F-bomb in front of him. I said it like mid-sentence for some reason, probably just excited about whatever I was talking about, or because I don't remember being in a bad mood when I was saying it. I was just like, the blah, 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 and the F in this, and he just looked at me. My dad is a big Star Trek fan, which I am too, and pretty much anything science fiction, um, 
he did the Spock eyebrow at me where he just raised his eyebrow. And then he didn't immediately respond to whatever I was saying, but he also didn't react more than the eyebrow raise mm-hmm. either. And then it dawned on me that I had just cussed in front of my dad. And I was like, oh, no. I have effed up this time. <laughs> but uh, instead of making a big deal about it, he just like responded to what I was saying and talked it out. And I made a conscious effort not to ever do that again <laughs> until I was an adult and and not living in, in his house anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I now I just cuss like a sailor, like <laughs> like he taught me. <laughs> but yeah, I remember. The same experience, you know, my face turning all red, me realizing what I'd done, thinking it was a big deal, and then him not treating it like a big deal at all. So actually, uh, before we segue to the next thing, you opened up like a core memory for me, where I remember now, I I couldn't tell you the age, maybe maybe eight, I don't know, somewhere in that younger younger little kid age, um, when we were watching Saturday Night Live one night, uh, my, my parents and I, and maybe my brother, I don't remember if he was there at the time. We were watching Saturday Night Live and Emilio Estevez was on and he was doing a cowboy skit. <laughs> and the punchline of the skit was like any minor inconvenience, Emilio Estevez would turn to somebody and be like, you rootin' tootin' bastard. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. It was the funniest thing I'd ever heard at the time. And I'd have to go find the clip and, and date it to see if it was before or after South Park because I was a, I have a South Park watcher when I was a kid. Um and so I don't know how normalized the word bastard was or if I had ever heard it before, but it was totally like a new thing to me. And, you know, you can tell by us saying it now how kind of silly it is to consider it a swear word or something like that. But for some reason, it came into my head that I thought it was so hilarious. I'm going to do this. So at some point I turned to my dad and go, you rootin' tootin' bastard. No. And funny thing about my dad is at the time he did not want to be called a rootin' tootin' bastard because he did not take kindly to that. Um, and that is my actual true experience with cursing at my parents for the first time. I called my dad a bastard <laughs> and he got upset. So I wonder if that maybe played a part into why I didn't like to cuss in front of my parents very much. Cause I had totally kind of forgotten about that experience until we started talking about this. Yeah. That would definitely, um, you know, upsetting him at a young age with something <laughs> that you were just, you know, mimicking from TV. Yeah. Like it might, it might've hurt him a little more personally for reasons we don't know. Sure. But to you, it was just something funny you saw on TV. Yeah, I was just I was just copying the funny guy in the cowboy outfit. And my dad likes cowboy stuff. He'll think this is hilarious. Exactly. You know, this is just how our little kid minds are. Um, but no, he didn't. He didn't want that that day, and uh, it kind of upset him. And we talked about it. He explained later why it upset him. I couldn't tell you now. It's all just been internalized. But I remember specifically having a conversation with him afterward, uh, basically saying like, "That's a bad word. Don't do that." And so I didn't do that anymore. Obviously. Makes me wonder if uh, it was around when Young Guns came out. Isn't I was thinking that as well. That probably was a promotional thing for that movie. I don't know why I said that. I just <laughs> It's because it's a good movie. Hey, <laughs> fun fact, audience. <laughs> if you haven't watched Young Guns, then you're probably a rootin' tootin' bastard, and you should fix that. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick before we go, since this is Ask Your Dad, and we do have a, a dad experience discrepancy between us, you have you have actual school age children, and my children are in daycare playing with blocks. Um, so I will ask you if this has happened yet, or if it does happen in the future. How will you handle your children uh, having teacher calling from school and 
saying uh, so-and-so was cursing out another student or swearing or even swearing at the teacher Um, because that's something that you know my kids are in high school my students Um, but that's a reality of teaching sometimes if your kids get wrapped up in something like that how would you react to that what would what would be your answer or your your disciplinary action or your response to that so the very first thing is this has not happened yet (laughs) shout out to the kids good job kids (laughs) You didn't talk like daddy talks at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> number two, I would really want to know the context of of the situation. I feel like if they just heard them cuss, they would probably just address it right there and not reach out to the parent. So I feel like if they have gotten to the stage where they're reaching out to me or my wife about it, then it is a problem that needs to be addressed right away or else they, they wouldn't be taking the time to address it. So... We've gotten to the point then where they have called or emailed or whatever media they've chosen. They want to reach out to us because blah, blah, blah has cussed in a bad way in which that needs to be addressed at home. I would have to talk to the kids about it, whichever one was the culprit. I'm leaning towards the oldest one at this point because <laughs> she seems like the most likely to use a cuss word. You said she's in middle school, so that yeah. tracks our previous <laughs> conversation. So... um I would talk to her, I'd ask her, you know, why was she speaking like that to somebody, you know, what led her up, why did she feel that that was the response that that, that she needed to give to that person. Um, I would hope that she had enough respect for her teachers that she wasn't cussing at them. Um, she's never had that kind of problem with authority before, so I don't think it would be at a teacher, I think it would be at another student. And... With her, like, demeanor and just general attitude, I feel like if she said a cuss word or cussed at someone her own age, then she was probably standing up for herself, which I would be proud of because that's something I really have been working with her on is standing up for herself, not being afraid to tell someone how she feels when she feels bad because someone else is making her feel bad, like maybe she's getting picked on or something. Sure. I want her to stand up for herself. So I feel like that's the context she she might cuss at at a peer for. So, I mean, I would high-five her for standing up for herself. (laughs) But, you know, low-five her for the way that she she did that. And I don't mean like a spanking. I just meant like high-fives are awesome. Low-fives are kind (laughs) of subtle. Um, Like... There, it's this question requires nuance, basically. Of course, I can tell you from a teacher perspective, that's the absolute thing that we want. You know, we want our parents to support us in the classroom and, and trust us when we send reports like that home. Um, but also, as a parent, I understand, and as just a teacher with students who have complaints about other teachers, that not everybody has an even keel demeanor about every little thing, and um, everyone has bad days, and everybody's bad day could be the day that they say something they regret, and that goes for the adults in the room as well. And so it's absolutely important to verify with your child and get the context of what's going on. We would like you as teachers to have that context as well. If it did escalate to a point where we all have to sit down and have a meeting, it just makes everything run smoother if everybody's on the same page. So absolutely getting that context and absolutely trusting your, your kids to come to you with the truth, but also knowing that, you know, there are other adults in the room that hopefully at this point you've met and you've trusted as well as their educators that um that if there is a discrepancy in the story that 
you know, you can find the closest thing to the truth that you can get not being in the room and seeing it yourself. And with something as little as swearing, you know, you know, obviously I'm asking you because you have the kids who are at the age where they can communicate those kind of things and they may have heard those words and they know them, but also that they're in the environment where it might come out um, and in the environment where it might come out where they don't wait like 25 times and fill out a bunch of documentation, you know, an elementary student swearing is a much quicker parent response than a high school student swearing. So keep in mind, just even if like they just accidentally let one fly because whatever they saw it on TV or they thought it was funny because Emilio Estevez said it, um, <laughs> you know, I was just curious about that response. I think that's the totally perfect way to handle it. You know, I don't think discipline for something like this can be something that's so arbitrary, you know, again, my oldest kid's three and a half, so discipline for my kid is like, I don't even know what that looks like yet because he's three and a half. Take um, the iPad <laughs> for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, discipline for something like that, it, it shouldn't be authoritarian in the way that it's like, you know, I heard you said this, so you're grounded forever. You know, I, I think it should be, you know, talk to me about why you said that. How are you feeling? It's the key element to that story or that response that you were telling is how are you feeling? What was the context? What made you feel that way? And I think that's awesome that that's where your mindset is for that inevitable outcome. Because like we said before, even if nobody's listening, they're listening. And if they think nobody's listening, they say stuff that uh, they don't think they'd be able to get away with otherwise. So inevitably, just like it happened to me, just like it happens to all of us, it's gonna let some slip. Yeah. Um, but it's good to have that nice, even keel response to it, where it's not terrorizing them unintentionally, or you know, making it seem like this this awful thing. So I like that. Well, that's the uh, that's what I've found being a being a dad is, you know, if your child is at the stage where you can have that conversation with them then I feel like that is like the best way to handle any, anything, whether it's, you know, a bad grade or not even a bad grade, but like a lower than normal grade, Mm -hmm. any behavior outside the norm, a conversation, it goes a long way. Just yelling at your kid and telling them this is how it is because that's how it is. That really does a disservice to, to both of you. You're not going to get the change that you want to see in your child. And your child's just going to resent you for, for being so authoritarian. So I am guess I'm just a talker when it comes to changing behavior. Yeah. Well, that's kind of your field right now. That's what you're, oh, you're getting true. into. So that to make total <laughs> sense. We, we lean into what we know. Um, and honestly, I see that totally with my three-and-a-half-year-old. You know, I kind of said, like, I don't really know what discipline looks like for a three-and-a-half-year-old. But I do. It's, it's saying no, and it's setting boundaries, and it's enforcing those boundaries in healthy ways. Um, but it's also having those conversations. My son's old enough to talk about things. He doesn't quite get everything that I say, and he doesn't quite understand how he feels every time, but you coach them through that at that young age. And he's at the age right now where if he does something or if he's totally freaking out because he's having a tantrum, I know just from what his normal parameters are, what his normal day looks like, I can pinpoint things like, okay, you might be hungry. Maybe you're just having a hangry episode. You've been awake for a long time because you didn't nap at school today, so maybe you're just like just on the end of your energy rope or maybe you're three and a half and I told you no. So, or it's a combination of all three, but you know, I've learned that of course, after they calm down, cause they don't listen when they're yelling, but you know, after they calm down, after you get them to take those breaths and, and settle for a little bit, then you, it's your job as the parent to explain what those boundaries are and why they're there and not just say, that's it because I said so, you know, I feel like you can get away with that a lot with older kids 
probably not. Um, but only after you've established why those boundaries exist. You know, if I'm telling my three and a half year old why he can't pick up the glass jar on the shelf, um, and he's, you know, 13 and he picks up the glass jar on the shelf and drops it, then I can say, you know, you're not supposed to pick that up. Why? Because I told you. It's not, not this way because I said so, so you have to follow my rules, but like I told you since you, for 10 years not to pick up that damn jar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's just really important to not just set boundaries, but explain them when they're young. And I feel like I can tell with the way your children respond and the where your head space is. That's a lot of work that you've already done for your kids when they were younger. And it's work that I'm doing for my kid now and my younger one when he's becomes verbal and I have to start over and do all the same stuff again. Um, that's the, that's the important work of parenting. That's, that's where the magic happens. Okay. So I think we reached maybe a good stopping point, Mm -hmm. um, because we're, we started to get away from cussing a little bit, I guess. That's okay though. Gave me like four ideas for our next couple of shows though. (laughs) Before we go though. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So before we go. It's your dad joke of the week. All right. This one, just thought of it perfect for the end of the episode. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily qualifies as a dad joke. Might be hitting that line where it's just a regular joke. But uh, I would say, I guess it's time to make like a baby and head out. (laughs) That still counts. That's a dad joke. That's a meta dad joke. You're good. You're good. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Ask Your Dad. This show is written, recorded, edited, and published by Nick Bender and Nick Troyer. You can follow our show on Instagram and Twitter at AskYourDadPod. That's A-S-K-U-R-D-A-D-P-O-D. If you'd like to support our show, you can donate to our Linktree page that will be linked in the episode description. Our theme song is Shimmering Lights by Punch Deck. You can find more great tracks at punchdeck.bandcamp.com. Until next time... If you have any questions, remember, you can always ask Ask your your dad. dad.
Oh, you're still here. Well, thanks for sticking around. That was a really long outro song. It was vibing, though. I like the vibe of it. Or maybe you just fell asleep. That's okay if you fell asleep. Thanks for sticking around. And if you did fall asleep, now that you're awake, go ahead and review our podcast. Because podcasts need reviews. They don't, they don't really care how long you listen, unfortunately. Let's go ahead and uh, give us a little five-star action. Yeah, you're here. You might as well do it. What's the worst that could happen? See you next time.